Hello, hello. It's the Infamous Hustle 97 Podcast, man. We are officially on air. This is our first episode tonight, man. We're going to get into some great topics about money, sports, corruption. Hey, might even talk about you, man. But let's go ahead and get started with the first episode of the Infamous Hustle 97 Podcast. It's your host, Sean Don. Welcome, welcome to your first episode of the Infamous Hustle 97 Podcast. Man, tonight's show, our first topic, we're going to talk about black authors. Black authors tonight is the very first episode. That's what we're going to lead off with. So, let's get into it. Man... Alright, so my opinion on black authors. I'm a black author myself. Um, I have a book out titled Trouble of Success. It's been out since March 15th of 2018. Um, and we actually, you know, about to release part two is to Trouble of Success. The title is called Life is Not All It Seems. Now, what is the main reason most, not all, because there are some very successful ones, what are some of the main reasons there are not many, there are not as many black authors are white authors well it took me a long time to come to grips with me writing a book and actually putting it out because one of the main questions I used to get and I still get to the day what is the concept of your book why did you put it out what is the main storyline behind your book? What is your reasoning why you put out a book? Well, like I tell them, my book is titled Very Simple Trouble of Success. It's starring two friends from New Orleans, Third Ward, um, out the projects. They're very good athletes. They earn a scholarship to Howard University and Washington, D.C., for playing football but in the life that they're trying to create for themselves they have to deal with reality life hits them in the face one of the characters Chris his mom ends up getting killed by a drive-by in the first book Derek his character you know, he gets his long-time girlfriend actually pregnant. So now he has to deal with that. On while living in the hood and his best friend mother just getting killed. And he has to try to figure out. Now that I'm having a baby, do I want to go to college and continue on my dreams and 
my aspirations in life. Because now life has hit both of them in the face. Well, if you're 17, 18 years old and you thinking, okay, I got a scholarship, I'm about to go to college and life just hit you in the face. Well, what do you think they did? Well, you have to read the book to find out. I'm not going to tell you. But to the greatest advantage point, this book is actually a great story. A great story to read. Um, I think my biggest problem when it comes to being an African-American author is notoriety. Um, not enough people know. People are starting to catch on now, but in the beginning, when I, you know, when the book was first released, um, it didn't catch very much attention. You know, mostly that was my fault. That was my first book, and I just put something out and just thought I was going to become, you know, get millions off of it. But, you know, obviously that was not the case. got to put in the promotional work if, you know, you want the money. And I think that's what hurts a lot of authors that can write, that, you know, has the story, the, the will to write, but they don't know how to go about it or put it out or they don't want to put it out because they feel like, okay, well, if I put this out, how is this going to make its mark within the public? Um, you know, like, you can go down my Instagram all day. You know, I have promoted my book several times and people have bought it and the people who have, who actually have read it has actually said they love it. They love the storyline. It's a great story. Um, you know, it's just where's the notoriety of it? Not enough people know. Now we're here. We go part two of the second book, and now we we're on you no know, part two of that. That title is called Life. It's not what it seems now. Now I had to reshift my focus, put more time, more effort, and ultimately more money into the second book for it to reach the the status that I know my books can reach. Because, like I said, I feel myself as I'm a great author, and people who have actually read the book or know what I can do, they feel like, okay, I'm a great author, but... Like I said, the problem is no writing. Not enough people know. So I think, you know, as time goes on, will it become what I thought it was going to become or what most authors put, most black authors put books out, what they hopefully can become yeah, over time? And I'm not making this like, a divide between black and white authors because I believe some, I believe all authors go through this because if, you know, you can write a great book, but if you don't have the notoriety, then most likely, you know, it's, it's not going to reach the standards that you set for yourself. And that way I say, 
it comes into signing a, a book deal because this is what somebody told me. Somebody told me this about two years ago. Um, I was having a conversation with a friend and they told me this and it was like all these authors that you're seeing out now that you see and you know and you love most of most of these authors they have something else behind them like Kevin Hart Kevin Hart has comedy behind him he's built his legacy of comedy Steve Harvey has built his legacy of comedy D.L. Hughley has built his legacy off comedy. But in order to see that, you have to put something else behind your name to where these book companies, they're going to see it and they're going to be like, okay, this guy has a book out. All right, we need to get with him. We need to put him, we need to get him in a room with our people and his people. And let's see if we come up with some type of deal, some type of partnership, something. Because they feel like the book is going to sell. It's going to get out there. It's going to do all these great, awesome, amazing numbers. Because why? Because he has something else attached to him. And that was my biggest problem because when I first got into the entertainment, the entertainment game, period, I had nothing else behind me. I had me, my thoughts, pencil, and paper. That's it. I did not have music or fashion or nothing else behind me. Now, I have music and fashion behind me because I actually has got into the swing of doing music and doing fashion. So now I have something else behind me that way, okay, now they can notarize me. They can notice me through something else. So now when the book does drop, oh, we're going to go buy his book because <laughs> he makes such great music. Okay, yeah, we're going to go buy that book now. Even though most most of us don't like to read or we don't want to read no way, but because he put out a book, we're going to go buy it. Like, okay, one of my, fa- my favorite rapper of all time is Ice Cube. It's Ice Cube, and then next to him is T.I. and so far, so on. Ice Cube has a plethora of things that he do. But what put Ice Cube in this position that he's in now? Music. At the end of the day, it's music. Ice Cube made great music in his prime. He was part of the one of the most historical black rap groups of all time. N.W.A. This guy submitted his legacy in the rap game forever. He got out of the rap game a little bit. He started doing movies. The movies blew up. Okay, so now Ice Cube goes from the gangster, gangster N.W.A. to now he's doing movies of 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 the lights of 
boys in the hood and are we there yet and are we done yet and higher learning and and movies like that. Now we get to see Ice Cube in a different light. So imagine if Ice Cube dropped a book right now to this day. It'll sell out. Like one of my favorite shows on BT last year was The Family Business. Before I wrote books, I'm going to be honest with you, I never sat there and read books like that. And then I started writing books. And then when the family business came out and I actually looked it up, well, it was somewhat based on a true story. So the guy, he wrote the family business and it was a great book. And when it got out, BT got a hold of it. They turned it into a TV show. TV show blew up. It blew up. And it was it was a great show. So as I tell people all the time, man, have something else behind you. You know, and and then eventually now do you have to have something else behind you all the time? No, because you might just look up and get a deal. But you never know. Like it may take something else behind you. To get you that that seven, eight figure, nine, ten figure book deal that you so well start out for. So as I tell people, man, it, it it's a great business to go into. Um it's a great learning experience. But if you're gonna be an author, man, make sure as you writing Whatever you write, you stick to the exact storyline, man. Nah, you know, I think you, I think you'll be okay. But hey, man, that's the end of that topic. So, like I said, my book is titled "Trouble or Success." It's out now on Amazon and all major platforms, and you can go out and get that now on all major platforms. And part two will be coming out very soon. Okay, let's move to the next topic. <laughs> Next topic is hip hop. And somebody asked me, Kishan, if you had to pick uh, a top 10, a top 10, and who who's in your top 10 rappers list? of all time and I tell them so here's my list um number one we're going with Cube which y'all you know I've already notified y'all that Cube is my favorite rapper so number one we're going with Cube that's that's number one number two I'm going with T.I. See, I came into the game like no other. I've never seen anybody have a consistent run with the law and still stay at the top of the game. Through all the jail sentences, the two prison sentences, 
you know, going through personal stuff with his family and still stay at the top of his game. Um, so T.I. is number two on my list. Number three, I'm going with Biggie. Come on, man. That's Biggie. That's legendary. That's B.I.G. That's Big Papa, man. Come on. There's, there's nothing else I need to say about that, man. Um, so number three is Biggie. Number four, I'm going with Snoop. Snoop is number four on my list. Why? If you look at, I want y'all to think about something. If you look at Death Row, before Pop got there, because of course Pop was in prison. And you look at Death Row before Pop got there. Snoop came out. Snoop dropped his debut album. No one in that era, not say from nine, 93, 94. Oh, yeah, 93, 94, whenever Snoop came out. No one did his type of numbers with a debut album at that time and point. Snoop came out and dropped, which in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, I'm not going off fact. Before Pac got there, Snoop probably dropped the highest selling album on Death Row at that time. Because Pac came in, Pac had a different outcome, different uh, a different standing behind things. Snoop said, go get Pop. Chill when it got Pop. Pop came on the death row and just took it by storm. No, he, he literally, literally, he did. He took it by storm. Pop had the impact like no other, but so did Snoop. That's a Snoopers number four on my list. Okay, number five. Number five. Now, number five is very tricky, but I'm going to do it anyway. Number five is pop. Number five is pop. But I'm going back to my reason why later. Number six. Number six on that list for me. I'm going to say Jay. Jay is number six on that list for me. I know I'm going to have some people at my throat or why Jay number six. I We'll get back to that later. Number seven. Even though I know he was in a group, but he's one of my favorite New York artists of all time. Period. It's the reason why one of the one of the main reasons why well, 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 what the main reason, but it was one of the reasons why I took a liking to New York hip hop. Number seven on my list is Killer Cam Cameron. 
Cameron told a story that on his block in Harlem, they used to have arguments and discussions about about hip-hop groups and who was better. Cash money, no limit. Now, this is in New York now. Which hip-hop group is better? Cash money or no limit? Well, Cal said if he could create something like that, could he have the same impact that they had? Well, he did. He gave us diplomats. He gave us diplomats followed by the co-founder, Jimmy L. Capo Jones. Followed by Joel Santana, Freaky Ziki. Eventually, they bought in Max B and they bought in Stacks, Rest in Peace Stacks bundles. They bought in all these guys. Diplomats. Diplomats had a uh, a run in hip hop for a while where it was damaging unit. We knew where where Rockefeller Records was. It was Rockefeller Records and it was Diplomats and G-Unit. Okay, which group better? Now, eventually, both groups ended up breaking up over time. But if you look at the impact that both groups made, I mean, the impact is unbearable. I mean, they, you know, they did that. But Killer Cam is number seven on my list. Number eight, I'm going to go with Wayne. Wayne, first of all, Wayne is a legend within himself. Wayne put out his first album, The Block Is Hot, and it did good, but it didn't really do the numbers I guess he was expecting. So it took Wayne about... About six albums, and he really like got his point. More some of six albums, and then out of nowhere, Wayne is the birth of the Carter series. Wayne comes out, hears you with the Carter. Okay, he. Hit you with the Carter and then the Carter 2. And after the Carter 2 came, people like, okay, that was a good album. Let's see, can it hit again? And then, boom, the Carter 3 came out. Carter 3 came out, Wayne blew up. Wayne blew up. And Wayne had his run in hip-hop like no other. Wayne started yelling, he was the best rapper alive. And for a while, Wayne probably was the best rapper alive. Cause y'all gotta understand, Wayne had a run from when the, when the Carter dropped in two thousand and eight. Yes, two thousand eight. From two thousand and eight on up, I want to say two thousand eight to twenty twelve. Wayne was the best rapper. It was nobody who was touching him. No, I'm going to say 2008, about 
2013, Wayne was the best rapper. He was in every video. He was on every song, every remix. Like, it just Wayne was everywhere. And Wayne was that guy. Wayne was that guy for so long. So, from 28 to about 2013, from 2008, from 2008 to 2013, Wayne was that guy. Wayne still is that guy. But, of course, you know, that's right around about the time he started going through his problems with Birdman. And, you know, they back good now. But that's right around the time he started going through his problems with Birdman. So, he kind of like, you know, he couldn't, he could put out music. But as far as albums, like, he really couldn't do nothing. We can all agree here. Carter Five being supposed to come out. I'm happy it's out. I was happy to see another brother in this game and you know that's being looked at as a legend being able to put out his music how he wanted to put out his music because he's earned that right um no it's wayne number nine on my list number nine on my list i'm gonna say hmm number nine on my list we gonna go with uh no there's gonna be some people out here that probably disagree and say I could have put something else with somebody else right there. But number nine on my list is Scarface. Number nine the reason why I say Scarface is number nine cause it took a while for that Houston wave to catch fire. I mean, in Houston, it was catching fire, but I'm talking about in the New Yorks and the L.A., uh, you know, in places like that. It took a while for that Houston wave to catch on. But when it caught on, it caught on. And it caught on like wildfire. Scarface is a great artist, and particularly in his own world, Scarface is a legend. Um, I don't know why people really don't mention Scarface in the in the hip hop masses more, but he's a legend, man. And you, you know, like Masterpiece said, you know, we gotta give our legends our flowers while they're here, and not when they're gone. As you see, you know, we had Nip taken away from us before, you know, he could really receive all the love that he could receive. So, yeah, number nine on my list, I'm going to have to go with Scarface on that one. And to round out number 10, number 10, to round out number 10, I got to say, Master P, man, P, P was, P is a legend. Not just through New Orleans, not just through his time in Houston, but his time in the hip-hop game, man. You got to understand what that man did. That man started a company, No Limit Records, man. Do y'all know No Limit Records has sold over 75 million records Indie, man. Independent, man. Where you gonna find them type of numbers at? 
This man came from the worst of the worst. Third Ward, New Orleans. Went to the University of Houston. Learned his business, man. Got his chance. He played in the NBA. Played for the Toronto Raptors. You know, it was a situation happened. The owner called him in the office, threw his rap album on the table. He like he like he was like he already knew what this was about. It wasn't about basketball at this point. So he got out of it, man, and he was still able to sell all these records. This man went from New Orleans to the Bay Area, man, opened a record store and went crazy. And here we are 20, 30-something years later, 30-something years later, and we like, damn, 25, 30-something years later, we like, damn, P really did that shit. And I get, people be hating on P, it's like, oh, he putting out these sneakers and they look like Jordan. But P right. Jordan don't own Nike. Owns piece of it. But when he first got into it, he didn't own none of it. None of it. And that's how you come up with the Michael Jordan deal. You sign your life away, you get all this money, but look how long it took Michael Jordan to get to the spot he is now. Master P came into this game like that. Master, I remember Master P when he said he told he said he wanted partnership. He didn't want to be signed. He wanted partnership because he realized these rappers weren't really making the money they was talking about. He would have sat down with Michael Jackson lawyer at the time. He asked how much was it going to take for a distribution deal. That man went and got two hundred thousand dollars. Took it back to the record company like, this is what I want. A 85-15 deal would never be done again. Why? Now these record labels done got smart. They ain't got smart now. A 85-15 deal would never be done again. But Master P said that. He kicked them doors down, man. So y'all really got to give that man his flowers Why he here. Be real, man, if it weren't for Master P, the T.I., J. Prince of the world, man, the uh, Brian, you know, Brian Williams, Birdman, his brother, Wayne, Juvie, all them, man, like, just from the South, period. Man, I wouldn't be here today, man. I wouldn't be a young rapper today. So, y'all got to give these dudes they flowers, man. Why? They are here. That is my top 10 list for rappers. That, that's my top 10 list. And I'm sticking to it. So, here we go, man. With the next topic. The next topic is just on business. Business alone, man. You know, I'm a black business owner myself. Um, I own my own record label, um, Infamous Hustle. Infamous Hustle, the label. Um, but I own my own company overall, just Infamous Hustle. So we have Infamous Hustle, the, the main company, but we have it, so much stuff up under it. We got, you know, the label, 
the film company, fashion, liquor. Um, you know, we, we have a plethora of things comes up on the infamous house of the company. But I own my own company, man, infamous house. I found my company October 24th for 2017. Um, yeah, I found my company October 24th, 2017. And we've been doing good, man. We just had a three-year anniversary um, of opening the company. And next year, on May 9th, I make a year that I've had my record label. Yes, sir. Um, that I had my record label, Infamous Hospital label, which is May 9th, 2020, and make the one-year anniversary that I started my record label. But business is the main topic. So, business, going into business for yourself. Man, I believe anybody with the right mindset, the right people behind them, can go into business for themselves. Um, in, in any business, whatever that may be, you know, it can be fashion, music, TV, um, you know, driving trucks, whatever. But I feel like, man, you got to have a plan behind your business or whatever you're doing. Because I see it all the time. People tell me, well, Keyshawn, I want to start a business. Okay, you want to start a business? What's your plan? Do you have a plan? Because if you look at most of your drug dealers out the 80s and the 90s, like I remember hearing an interview from Jeezy one time, which is also one of you know one of my one of my favorite rappers. Um, he he said, "Being a D boy is like this. You have ups and you have downs, but do you got a plan? Like, is your mama good? Kids straight, family straight? Got bond money put up, uh, lawyer money put up. I don't, you know, and that's way." I learned a lot of my stuff from from the hustlers from the 90s going into the early 2000s because that's all I grew up around. I grew up around some real hustlers who was really getting it. So you got to feel like, man, if you're going to go into business for yourself, you got to have a plan. And I think most people just want to go into business for themselves because they're at some job and they don't want to work it, so they want to go into business for yourself. They so they want to go into business for themselves because it's more money, which it is more money. But what is your plan? Most people do not have a plan. They just jump out here and go. Now, Steve Harvey did make a compelling point one day on his show. Most successful people has jumped and i ain't talking about jumping off of no bridge but just jumping into the world of success most successful people has jumped yes that is true because sometimes you just got to throw caution to the wind with no plan and you just gotta jump you gotta jump you just gotta get a run head start and just let go and see what comes out of it and sometimes that actually works, but sometimes it very well doesn't. 
Somebody told me, Keyshawn, I want to go into business for myself, but I'm afraid to fail. And I remember watching an interview with Kobe Bryant, and Kobe Bryant said, how will you know what winning feel like if you're afraid to fail? It don't matter how many times you fail. It matter how many times you get your ass back up. That's what I mean. It's just like in boxing. It don't matter how many times you get your ass knocked down. But how many times you gonna get your ass back off that turf and you gonna keep going and you gonna keep pushing? You gonna, you know, you gonna get to that pinnacle in life because I think people get this misunderstanding. Well, if I fail, oh well, I should stay at my other job or. I should have listened to what people were telling me. See, that's what most people get misconfused at. Stop listening to what people are telling you because most of the people that's telling you this, they afraid their own self. Like, excuse me, they they afraid their own they afraid their own self. They afraid to jump out there in their life. So you tell them, hey man, look, um, I'm gonna go into this business. Or I'm going to start writing books, or I'm going to do music, or I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And they're going to be like, man, that shit ain't going to work. Uh, yeah, that shit ain't going to work because of, of such and such. Oh, man, you can't rap. You can't write no book. Man, you don't know nothing about fashion. Man, I tell you like this. How the fuck you know what I don't know, man? So you telling me what I can and can't, what I can and can't not do? Man, look, my biggest problem when I first jumped out here myself, I worry about people's opinions. I worry about people's opinions. I worry about, well, damn, what if this don't work? Damn, did I really just spend all my money on that? Man, look here, fuck all that. You can't worry about what people may say, what they're going to think, what is... They opinion, because at the end of the day, that motherfucking opinion don't matter. It's about what you think. If you think you, if you think you can get out here, you write a book, you do music, you do fashion, TV, short film, whatever, man, get your ass out there and gonna do it, man. Get out there and gonna do it. Don't be no damn sucker. Get out there and do what you need to do, cause motherfuckers ain't gonna hand you shit. One thing my uncles and my mama, man, God bless her soul. One thing she always taught me and taught my sisters for the better part of her life. You know, taught my sisters. Even though my, my sister was eight when my mom passed. But she did teach. She taught both of us this. Man, get out there and get it on your own, man. Nobody going to give you shit. Get out there and get on your motherfucking own. Like my mama, man, that was a motherfucking queen. When I say that shit, she got there and got on her motherfucking own, man. For real. Don't never let nobody tell you what you can and can't not do. Because they telling you you can't do it. They motherfucking ass can't do it. Man, if you got a goal, if you got a dream, man, get out there. Do it, man. Accomplish it. It may take a while for you to see something out come out of it. But when you see it, man, <laughs> ain't no better feeling in the world. <laughs> when you get that first check and it's yours, you be like, damn. Really? It really ain't no better feeling in the world, man. But that's what I tell people, man. Go out get out there and get it on your own. Because at the end of the day, Ain't nobody going to give it to you.
and you get out there and get it on your own, can't no motherfucking body take it from you either. Because you got that shit on your own. Can't nobody say, oh, well, I gave you this or I helped you did this. Nah, nah, motherfucker, I got that shit on my own. I got this shit on my own. That way I tell people, nigga, I write books, but I wrote that shit on my, I wrote a book on my own. I wrote a book on my own. All my music, I write on my own. For real, I don't go ask nobody for no motherfucking help when it comes to music. I write that bitch on my own. But, hey, man, look, that's all the time we got for tonight. But it was a great show. It was a great show, man. I'm going to make it live. I'm going to go ahead and put it out for the world, for everybody to hear. But, man, it was a great show. I had a great time. Hey, look, we're going to be back next Thursday. And we're going to be talking about some more stuff. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but we're going to talk about something. So tune in next Thursday at the same time, man. We're going to have a great time and another great episode. This is... Your infamous hustle 97 podcast, host Shawnee Don. We'll see you next Thursday. Infamous hustle over everything.